You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. from such projects as the Dillinger Escape Plan, John from Anazusa, and you're listening to the Pure Pleasure Podcast. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Pure Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Adobe Radio and Jabberjaw Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. And this week, we have Liam Wilson from the Dillinger Escape Plan, who came over to our Airbnb when we were in Philly last month. For an interview, uh, we had a great time over there. We had a great chat. Uh, it was awesome to meet him and and kind of dig into his world a little bit, uh, dig into his life and where he comes from and where he's going, the end of Dillinger, life post Dillinger, and his new musical project, Azusa. Um, he's been doing a lot of things since Dillinger broke up, and, and we kind of went through that those final moments and what it felt like and and talking a lot about that stuff. So uh, all you Dillinger fans out there are going to be stoked and all you music fans are going to be stoked out there because he's got new music coming out. So that's why we're re- releasing the episode on a Thursday instead of a Tuesday uh, to coincide with that release. So his new band is called Azusa and uh, they're putting out a record, I believe, in November. And uh, the first single should be out today. So definitely hit the, that up on the Googles. Azusa is the band. You can type in Liam Wilson. It should come up. Um, and yeah, you need to check them out there. They're amazing. I've heard the record, and it's pretty awesome. So you guys are going to be stoked on it. Dillinger fans are going to be stoked on it. Heavy music fans are going to be stoked on it. Really cool stuff. So uh, definitely check that out. Uh, like I said, we had an awesome time in Podcast Movement 2018 in Philly. Uh, big thanks to Scott Mellinger for uh, hooking us up. Uh, Liam and I. I kind of hit him up before we went out to Philly, and Scott's been on the show from Zayo uh, a while back, and he's been kind of a confidant and a and a buddy since then. And and uh, I said, "Hey, who's in Philly right now?" And and uh, he's from Pittsburgh, and he said, "Oh, you know Liam from Dillinger." It's like, no, but I want to. So <laughs> that's how it came about. Anyways, big thanks to Scott, and uh, those guys are great over there, and and everyone's been very helpful. So. Uh, let's get some business out of the way as usual. I know you guys uh, hear this every time, but uh, we're on peerpleasurepodcast.com, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the socials. Uh, check us out on there. Uh, definitely tell a friend if you need to know anything about the show. 
The website's the place to go. Apple Podcasts, the place to subscribe. Uh, rate the show. We love getting those ratings on the show. It's a big help to us in chart position and everything else. Uh, so big thanks to you guys that have reviewed already. And we look forward to many, many more uh, as the numbers grow every single week. To date, every single week. It's been awesome. Uh, the show's getting bigger and bigger uh, as the network's growing as well. So I want to talk about Sticker Ninja. I know you guys have heard it before, and I want to say it again. Sticker Ninja is an amazing mom-and-pop shop here in Portland, Oregon, uh, but they do everything you know online. Anywhere in the country, the world can do orders through them. Pure Pleasure 10 is the coupon code for 10% off. They did all the stickers you guys have been seeing on the Instagram, uh, all the awesome like matte color stickers. Uh, just great work. Awesome people. Very, very nice. They're right down the street from the house. My daughter goes in there with me and gets free stickers. She loves it. She's always asking if we're going to Sticker Ninja today. Um, just a really cool family atmosphere. So check out StickerNinjaPDX.com and use Peer Pleasure 10 at checkout for 10% off your order. And I want to add one more thing to the show here. So uh, we're all about family here and friends and supporting what friends are doing. And my good buddy Johnny Minardi um, has got a clothing line with his wife, called Good Future Club. And Good Future Club is basically just a clothing line, like a hobby they started to promote positivity and put some cool stuff out there. And And I checked it out, and it's some awesome stuff. There's some great great products on there. Uh, it is goodfutureclub.limitedrun.com, and you can use the code PEERPLEASURE for a discount at checkout. So go check out my buddy Johnny's clothing line. It is called Good Future Club, promoting positivity all over the world, Great stuff. Uh, just an awesome dude. If you guys know him, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but he's been around the music scene for a long time. Brought you guys a lot of really great bands. And uh, more than you guys know, I think. So uh, check it out. Good Future Club. And use the code PEERPLEASURE for a discount at checkout. All right, guys. So without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Liam Wilson from Dillinger Escape Plan. Liam Wilson. Hello. Welcome to the Peer Pleasure Podcast. We were just talking about food, finding yes. food. We are in Philadelphia at the our Airbnb. Liam came over to have a chat. Glad to have you, my friend. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so we were at Podcast Movement. It's this weird, weird kind of fest. It's, it's a weird thing. I don't know how to tie it in to anything else than it seems like a lot of people that have podcasts that are just starting out, like kind of hey, I've got a, a big day job and I come here to find out how to do a podcast versus a bunch of people with like podcasts that are somewhat relevant that right. can really network with. Mm -hmm. So you end up meeting a lot of business types and stuff. And I knew I was coming over here, so I reached out to some buddies. I was like, hey, who lives in Philly? Like I'd like to do some interviews. And Scott from Zayo yeah. put us together. That's great. So it, I thought it would be, you know, when you mentioned Anthony, I thought maybe it was him. But then I was like, oh, right, it was Scott. Yeah. Um, I just hung out with Dan maybe two or three weeks ago here. Really? We met at uh, Tired Hands in Ardmore. It's like a local brewery. Okay. It's like clobbering everything. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. 
Excellent. Yeah, Dan's a good dude, man. Yeah, Dan's great. Dan's a great guy. Like I, I messaged them because I wasn't sure how far Pittsburgh was from Philly, and they're like, dude, it's like several hours. It's like, yeah. all right, we're not going to see each other. Yeah. <laughs> Over the river, through the woods. Yeah, dude. So you have you lived in Philly your whole life? Pretty much. Yeah, in the, you know, the Philadelphia area. Yeah. You know, I, I, I guess all my stuff has been here <laughs> for most of my life. You know, other than like what I take on tour, like where we happen to be recording or yeah yeah I pretty much always pivoted from here okay um, family still live here like uh yeah um actually my mom moved in across the street really about a year ago so that was kind of interesting okay uh, that's a good thing i think you know my mom's pretty cool yeah um but yeah I, I you know i like especially right now i like my neighborhood a lot cool and uh not to say i wouldn't move yeah if the situation presented itself in a way that you know, I daydream about having land and acres and, yeah. you know, like home homesteading or something like that. But I can't tell how far off that is. And reconciling okay. those dreams with having a kid and, yeah. you know, gets that, complicated. There's no cooler way to grow up, I think, than to, like, maybe from the homesteading side. I'm from Alaska, so oh, right. a lot of people homestead cool. up there. Yeah. We never did. We lived on a little island. So, but having seasons and having wildlife around sure. you all the time yeah. where anything could kill you at any second it kind of gives you this respect for everything yeah not the cars can't Yo, yeah it's true <laughs> i find city living a little bit you know it is sketchy um. <laughs> so you live in fishtown yeah okay is that uh we went to cedar park okay yeah, yeah. Uh, cafe or whatever uh-huh. Why? What unbelievable made you choose that? uh mike found it okay mike found it on we were he's literally downstairs and he's like hey uh, we need to eat something, yeah. and he's vegetarian, and we aren't. Mm-hmm. So we need to find some place like a good middle ground, and it right. was amazing. But yeah. it was sketchy over there, man. There's definitely, um, yeah. I mean, I had a friend say that uh, Philadelphia is like a ghetto with some nice parts. Yeah, it's I kind of feel like that at times. It's definitely a dangerous, um, kind of violent, dirty. Like there's trash everywhere. Like yeah, you know, there's things about Philadelphia that if I could, I would change them. But sure. You know, overall, I like like the grit. I like the, you know, the real mixing potness of it all. Okay. Um, I like that. It, it, at times, I like a little bit of that edginess, but mm-hmm. you know, too much can, you know, again, having a kid, it's it's different when it's just me. Yeah. You yeah. Know, but. So, are you? Do you have a? Uh, are you married? Uh, or girlfriend or yeah, or long time okay wife. So everyone's together in the home, yeah. and yeah, that's awesome. So. Uh, I'm a father as well. Okay. I mean, how did how did that when you had how old your kid? Three and a half. Three and a half. Okay, so you're through the the no well the beginning no sleep phase and everything yeah. else. Going from and you're kind of conditioned for this because touring. I mean, sure. You I survive on no say, sleep. You survive yeah, on what you can. I sleep on very little. Yeah. I mean, how fuel. does how's that changed you having a kid? I mean, uh, I mean, it's so many ways. Yeah. Um, there's no, I think anybody who has a kid gets it. Anybody who doesn't, it's like still very abstract. I thought, yeah. I thought like kids were just kind of these, these blobs or something for a long time, <laughs> you know, and you know, by definitely by like 18 months, I'm like, I have a full on roommate. Yeah. You know, this, this, <laughs> this creature has opinions and, um, is mobile and yeah. it sometimes has a death wish. So uh-huh. to speak. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's really cool. I used to, you know, the other quote that I keep repeating in these kind of questions is, uh, I used to feel like the arrow. Now I feel like the bow. Okay. Where there's definitely times where I need to kind of be myself and kind of remember, you know, like this is what I'm passionate. This is what I'm doing. And I need to like maintain some focus on those things. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely sometimes would rather like teach Ziggy how to do something than like go and work on some, you know, base technique. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't seem as interesting to me, you know, to kind of just like polish myself when I could be, um, you know, just spending more time with her. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard to do, to do that with focus at all times. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, and I, I love it. It's, it's, I think a lot of artists will say like, she's kind of the coolest thing I've ever created. Like I'm never going to make anything that cool unless I make another kid. And, yeah. You know, it kind of takes a lot of pressure off like, myself and art and i don't know i mean it gets really trippy too i could i could no dude I mean, this is 
this is there. I don't know. You, I mean, it's it's really like the closest to like seeing yourself move into the future, and yeah. like it's a really harsh at times mirror of yourself uh-huh. and your upbringing and how you were different and what you had and what you didn't have and reconciling that with your partner if that person's still around in in the home and like yeah. that negotiation and where that rubs and where that brings you closer and where that really makes you feel like I don't know you at all and yeah. like. I don't know myself sometimes. I'm like, I can't believe I'm turning into my parents and <laughs> you know, all that stuff. It's really, you know, it, it can be yeah. really heavy and like, I don't know. Sure. Have you had some heavy moments where you, I mean, one thing I've noticed being a parent is that y- you pretty much project onto your kids, whether you like it or not, yeah. your insecurities, faults, sure, everything. Yeah. I mean, have you had some moments where you've had to sit back and be like, Whoa, what I need oh, to change sure. this. Like I need the time out. Yeah. And like, you know, what, what really blows my mind is like, I spend a lot of time when I have the time, I spend a lot of time listening to audiobooks mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. parenting. Cause I feel like it's kind of the most passive way, you know, to kind of get some of the stuff in there and just kind of sharpen my blade in a way. Yeah. And, uh, most of the time I'm listening to this stuff and I'm like, Oh, that's so true. But like, I need that. Or like, that's so true for my relationship with my daughter and my relationship with my, with my wife. Yeah. And um, you know how everybody is kind of just like hungry, angry, <laughs> lonely, or tired. You know? um, At any given time, you know, and it, it's kind of crazy to kind of be like, "Damn, we're all just like little grown-up kids." Yeah, you know, emotionally, like we're not growing up very much. Sure, in some ways. And well, you come from a cool. I mean, I, I say it a lot on the show, but it's kind of the music is kind of the career where you don't have to grow up. It's kind of like a Disneyland. Like if yeah, like Pan, you're, I sure. mean, if Ben's managing the band, he has to be a grown up a little bit sometimes, but you can kind of, I mean, for you, where you guys made it to, you could kind of do what you want. I mean, you have 23 hours out of the day where you're not doing anything. You're kind of hanging out or reading or killing time or writing or yeah. flying, but you kind of, I found that I felt frozen on well, tour yeah, like I'm in ice and I get home and everyone's accomplishing other things well yeah you feel like you know in some ways I feel like an astronaut where you go up and time is slower and you come back and everybody else is kind of like growing up and you're like damn I'm not aging at all and like yeah. I'm in this like Peter Panish punk rock fountain of youth and then like you say you come home and like you realize that your relationships with people are so different you know yeah. and over the you know for the first couple of years of being in a band it was like fine and you could like you're kind of like a functioning friend yeah you know the way somebody might be like a functioning addict and yeah. then you realize that like over the years you've missed weddings you've missed you know funerals you've missed births and mm-hmm. birthday parties and like all this stuff kind of piles up and like you really feel like distanced from yeah you know some of that so yeah i don't know it's like um, a little cog in the wheel like just keeps I mean, like ticking away yeah, i mean it's exciting and i'm happy that i've had the experiences that yeah. i've had and i wouldn't change it at all but sure. you know now that it's kind of slowed down a little bit and i have time mm-hmm. to you know check that backlog yeah you know and actually just like deal with certain things you know emotionally and like whatever there's so many like whether it's like fixing a fan in my house to like <laughs> you know finally working on this aspect of myself that i know is just like such bullshit yeah so man um, it's 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 really interesting and because you're living in a city that's very i mean compact and very like (laughs) dense we i talked to uh uh, aaron from isis about this how he he felt that he was kind of hiding part of himself by living in the city and like not dealing with his anxieties and his issues but he did it on purpose. And then when he moved to Vashon, where everything opened up, he could deal with all those things. I mean, right. do you feel like, I mean, you may not be doing, you seem pretty in tune with yourself. And from what I've seen, like, I don't know you personally until today. Sure. But what I've seen through media and things like that, you seem like a very like spiritual person, a very like um, in tune person, more so than, you know, many other people that I've, that are in your circle. You yeah, seem like maybe. kind of the guru. I mean, do you have things maybe like that's that? Because I you... need it the most. That maybe, maybe. You know, I mean, it's like I don't go to yoga because I'm flexible. I go because I'm not. I don't meditate because I'm like a really enlightened person. I yeah. meditate because I know that I'm like the most anxious, nervy, aggressive, fiery person. Yeah. You know, like it, at my core. So yeah, I mean, I guess I'm you know walking the walk at times, and yeah. maybe you know. On my better days, I'm pulling it off. But, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, I struggle with all that stuff or else I wouldn't be doing it. And yeah. being in a city, yeah, for sure. Like, 
that kind of violent vibratory level that's persistent in Philadelphia at all times. And again, yeah. just like, you know, whether it was kind of growing up with my parents being divorced and like mm -hmm. being handed off to different relatives and family members to kind of take care of me and to like then growing up and like being on tour and like every day is something different, mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I feel like that kind of makes you an erratic person. You kind yeah. of sync up with that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm trying to kind of slow that down a little bit. Sure. And I, you know, for sure, um, you know, all the kind of critical, a lot of critical moments in my life have kind of been mile marked by, like, experiences in nature. Yeah. So for, I for sure daydream, like I said, about that kind of, like, homesteading life. Uh -huh. and like, waking up to that and not just having that be, like, a vacation or, like, yeah. you know, I go out to Fairmount Park for the weekend or something. It's, like... It's almost not enough anymore. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where those feelings lead. Yeah. Well, it's cool because you, you do, you go from this like single serving kind of lifestyle where there's, you're either having the best day ever and you're bummed because tomorrow you're going to be in another place or you're having the worst day ever and it doesn't matter because sure. you're going to be somewhere else tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And you can't really set down roots. You can't really settle in anywhere. And I could see that bringing on a lot of anxiety. It did to me and like the, just because you have no roots and now you do, now you're here, you've got your, your, your yeah. daughter, you've got a uh, home and you, you have your own home though. You purchased a uh, home. I mean, my bank and I both own. Yes. Okay. So you're, you're a homeowner, I'm a homeowner. home, home, working on the home. Working. <laughs> I own you've most got, like, of it. The I responsibilities know. and now you've got sure. work, like steady yeah. work in town. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, you find out a lot about yourself that way. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's definitely humbling. It's like um, a long break that uh, yeah. has been like what? I mean, 15, eight, 18, 18 years? 18 years-ish. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, it's just crazy. Like there's no, there's no, uh, I mean, you seem to have settled in nicely. And, and I mean, I don't know yeah. how you're feeling inside about well, I mean, creativity it's, it's, and things like yeah, that. It's, but. it's everything and it's opposite. Like I'm happy to kind yeah. of be home and not, you know, there was always this kind of like, you feel like a doctor on call mm -hmm. where like eventually, you know, that there's always that chance that like, Hey, like you might have a tour come at that time. And I guess those things still come up. Like I've still had phone calls for like, Hey, here's an opportunity. Do you want it? Yeah. And you know, for whatever reason, it doesn't make sense or doesn't process. Um, but it's, I don't know. I mean, I guess I also have other things going on where creatively, I know I've got things in the, in the pipeline. Yeah. So for right now it's kind of, it's okay. And I can kind of calm myself down by being like, you know, you don't have to be so itchy. Enjoy your time home. Yeah. Um, you know, enjoy kind of working on, you know, these other things that are sort of backlogged. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it gives me a chance to regroup. It's and it hasn't really been a long enough break where I feel like it's unusual yet. Yeah. You know, like Dillinger would take eight months off, nine months off at times. You yeah. Know, where we would just kind of be like wound licking and like <laughs> regrouping. Yeah. So it's it's only weird knowing that for now that's not like at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Um. But I guess I've just kind of got enough. Uh, faith in the process that you know other things are going to happen and sure i'm going to keep myself busy <laughs> how are you the coffee has arrived yes. so i wanted to touch i wanted to touch briefly because i mean dillinger dillinger of course was a huge part of your life it was a main part of your musical career sure. i'm but you've you know, i'm sure you've done a million interviews about dillinger and dillinger has come to an end the last time I was around the Dillinger Club as I had been on the show, and we, this was before the breakup. So him and I were kind of talking about, you know, what it was like in that room when you kind of decided that things were going to stop. Yeah. Now it's happened. At that point, you guys were kind of, I think, it seemed like pushing it off, like not really acknowledging yeah. that it's going to happen. I mean, how was those last few shows into transitioning to just being done? I mean, how was your transition in that? Uh, I mean, it's all very turbulent. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's like a whole lot of build up to it and then it just kind of happens and mm -hmm. you don't even realize that you're kind of like you're in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Leading up to it, I kind of felt like, you know, people would be like, uh, yo man, I got tickets and I'm like, cool. You've got like front row seats to my funeral. Yeah. You know, or like, <laughs> 
it's awesome. <laughs> really stoked. You're glad you're going to be know, here. There's this, this, like this, always this conflicting thing where you're like excited that people are coming to like support and like be a part of this thing. That's yeah. like, I'm really proud of. And like, sure. You know, that I think is really rad. And I'm, I'm like, as much as I can be, I'm okay with the idea of like killing this thing off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, or people would be like, how leading up to it, maybe like those last like 30 shows or something like, yeah. Well, Hey man, like how, how does it, how's it feeling? Like, you know, where you're not like, you're not like adding them up, you're counting them down. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it, it kind of feels like I'm going to see like a dead part of myself in the hospital right now, <laughs> you know? And like, I still love doing it, but like, I feel like I'm like saying goodbye every night and that's really strange. You yeah. Know? And like, even to friends that I would see, like, you know, for example, like James who played guitar in Dillinger for years, uh-huh. lives in Houston. We'd go through Houston. I'd see him like once every two years or like my other friends in like Sydney or wherever the, yeah. you know, and the last couple times of times, you know, the last time I went through, it'd be like, I, you know, yeah. I'll see you around. I, I don't mean, know if I'm coming back. I don't back know here. when I'm coming back. And yeah. like, you know, not to be morbid, but like I'm about halfway through this roller coaster. Yeah. You know, if I'm being honest. And yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, I hope to see you again. Yeah. And like, it's, it, that, all of that is like really strange. Um, but like I said, there's all this other like silver lining where like, you know, I get to work on other things. And yeah. Like, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, those last shows, just to kind of stay on that, it's, yeah, just kind of the, the walking on stage the last time felt kind of like, I don't know, like we're going to like some kind of public execution and, yeah, you know, but at the same time, we're going to like be, you know, I don't know, almost like if you see Buddha in the path, slay the Buddha. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we're going to like become something greater than this by ending it and uh, it seems bizarre but you know this is kind of like the way it has to be right now and it all felt right and i felt like i got more closure than i expected to okay um you know and i you know there was there was still like all the like anxiety and frustration of a dillinger show i wish it felt smoother i wish there were certain things about it that didn't feel so like rushed yeah you know um doing it at the end of the year like after christmas and like all you know or whatever holidays it is that you celebrate we were all like kind of frantic getting ready for it yeah um you know there were certain like logistical things that made it tough to enjoy as much as i really you know had hoped in it on like a really selfish level yeah you know being able to like spend time with everybody and even like going out to dinner or something like it was really hard to like get things like that organized. Yeah. Um, So I don't know. Um, What's going on guys. This is Dewey from peer pleasure. And I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, distro kid, distro kid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks and they're going to be with us for a while. And I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies and distro kid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called splits. Now, if you're working as most people are online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, You can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze, and you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid, and I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now, distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. Get down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the Passcast. The Passcast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, So there's a bunch of those on there. So so so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Yeah, I don't, it, it, it's in, in the rear view mirror. It all just seems like everything else just like kind of like a big homogenized blur yeah uh you know i i remember feeling certain ways and i remember you know feeling kind of all the feels Mm -hmm. you know definitely like moments of just being like like fuck this is so amazing you know that all these people came out to these shows and traveled this far and blew way more money than i think is responsible to be here yeah these three nights at this time of year in new york like sure on like the coldest days of the, it was just like <laughs> you know like all of that really hit me is like dang you know yeah. like i you know i'm honored to have moved people in that way it's a know? big deal man sure you know um and then you know there's also those like you know kind of like this are we really doing this right mm-hmm. now and like um, this doesn't feel right and like but it does and like yeah. you know like kind of being upset but then like kind of happy and like I don't know yeah. it's like seeing certain people makes you feel like you know you're kind of in this like hall of mirrors and every time you see like a different face from a different time uh-huh. in the Dillinger you know history you're just kind of like oh, you know? dude you guys created an insane history I mean one of the craziest live bands I've ever seen in my life and I've seen you guys I don't know, probably close to 10 times throughout the years. And it's, it's never a disappointment. It was always a hundred percent, 110% just explosion. I mean, for you, when you were doing that, and I've, I'll, this is the last I want to touch on Dillinger. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's, I, I want to talk about what you're doing now, sure. but 
from me and the crowd watching what you guys are doing, like I felt it was a hundred percent just it just expressed just an explosion of expression and feelings and i mean i know that music meant a lot to you on stage with dillinger i mean how do you get that feeling now or do you get those feelings out or does do you find that you had you needed that more than anything oh man i mean that that's the thing you miss the most is just that like just dump it out yeah you know um going back to kind of like the like i don't meditate because i'm like a peaceful person i meditate because i'm like kind of angry and like you know i don't know like yeah so when i think about dillinger it was really just like you know as much as i could in an artsy way like i'm not really like a violent you know like i've done some like muay thai classes and i enjoy Mm -hmm. it but i'm not like violent in that way i don't want to like kick your ass yeah um But like, you know, so for me, like things like yoga and all these kind of like competing against myself things really appeal to me. And like, that's what base is. So to be able to like kind of like physically throw down and like take out everything on this thing that just like the more I take my anger out on it, Mm -hmm. the more it sings. Yeah. You know, and like the more it sounds like the way I want it to. And it's really rare to kind of get that, you know, to have that relationship with anything. Yeah. Um, so I, I and I remember going on stage at one point way back and coming off and this guy had watched the whole set. I don't even know who he was. And he was like, you guys need anger management. <laughs> and I was like, that is anger management. Like, that's yeah. exactly what that is. Like, I'm no more peaceful. You know, those two hours after we play or when I'm at my like most serene and yeah. like, happy, you know, that's my meditation. That's like the best I can do to calm myself down Yeah, for that hour or 90 minutes or whatever where like my phone's not it's all the same things i get out of meditation Mm -hmm. you know it's okay you know it forces me to focus it's really you know this tapping into some other thing yeah um so when you're moving so i mean like the movements on stage of course are extremely like just violent and like it's 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 a if you've never seen a dillinger show people listening here i mean go check it out right now but on stage when you're doing that i mean do you find do you pull yourself into almost a meditative state or are you experiencing that chaos like you know what i mean where where you can kind of get out of body a little bit where your body is fucking moving and yeah, sweating I mean, I'm and hurting like, I'm but you're just kind of flying like just like yeah i mean i'm just kind of you know you see it in like tv shows or like a black mirror where like somebody is like sitting in a room in the brain yeah you know looking out the eyes yeah just bearing witness like a this. gopro like just fucking yeah i mean i'm definitely like kind of just looking at my hands and everything and at, at the best moments of it and, uh-huh you know you're never in that stream of con- or rarely in that stream of consciousness the whole time I mean, yeah maybe i can count on my hands the times where i've like had like a full show where I just like look at the other five guys and, or yeah. four, you know, and I'm like, where were we for the last hour? That was crazy. <laughs> you know? And, you know, I feel like we had one in Tokyo. Like one of the last shows we had was just, just this bonkers. Everybody, you know, we all looked at each other within like the first couple notes, just like, Oh shit, this is going to be one of those. Yeah. And you know, you really tap into some lightning in a bottle kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, you know, there's definitely nights where you're you're beat up at the end mm-hmm. of a tour and like maybe something about the show or the day does not have you fully engaged, you know, and there's a yeah. bit of it where you're kind of like pushing yourself to do this, you know, thing and to kind of, you know, get into it a little bit, you yeah. know, and, and yeah, there's days where you kind of have to like, you know, kick the mule, so to speak, yeah. you know, but you know, in those days, those are kind of where, like, I don't know, I guess some of the growth is happening, you know, yeah. and that's where something, you know, usually changes about the show where you're just like, you know, I can't like phone this in. Yeah. You know, let's find something else to do here. And maybe in those nights, I'm like a little bit more aware, mm-hmm. you know, of something. And like, you know, whether it's like a gear thing or whatever, there's definitely just nights where you can't stay in it because there's. Yeah. You know, something is throwing off your mojo. Sure. You know, but those are, at least to me, especially, you know, on long tours with bands, I like to see bands kind of poker face that Mm -hmm. stuff. You know, I like to see how bands like pull off a train wreck. Yeah. It makes it real still. Dude, it makes it so real where, you you know, I remember seeing like King Diamond back in the day, like have this like awful train wreck or like somebody in the band just totally train wrecked and they just did not flinch. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, like that, it really kind of like showed me something 
kind of amazing. And, yeah. And Dillinger certainly had our share of them, but like, sure. I doubt anybody noticed half of them. You well, know? you got to think like you guys are, I mean, especially in the scene you guys were in being so technical, people tend to really like idolize and you guys are kind of like heroes for people that they, they are expecting perfection. And when they see that you guys are real, oh, yeah, so that's a special so thing real. for them to experience. Like, okay, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I'm going to go home and fucking practice. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's something where, yeah, there's all I mean, that the yeah, gear problems, it, anything mean, like that. You know, hopefully, you know, we wouldn't have achieved what we did if it was all BS. It's yeah. like, okay, we wrecked that, but like we've got 10 more moments like that yeah. coming. You know, or 10 more kind of musical gymnastic things that are going to happen that will show you that we're not completely full of BS. Yeah. Because, you know. It's a bad monitor mix. Well, yeah, there will there'll, there'll never be another Dillinger. Like it's the, that's what's cool is there's a few bands out there that are that way. When it's done, it's done and you won't have that again. And if you saw them, congratulations. If not, you have the records. You have YouTube now and everything else. But I mean, so I wanted to touch on this too, the meditation piece. I've talked to a few people on the show recently about meditation and some of them meditate just for peace. One person was talking about they almost dismantle and kind of open the hatch and kind of look at the mechanics of why they are the way they are. And they've been practicing meditation a long time. Where do you fall into that realm as far? Do you meditate just, I mean, you're talking about getting things out and things like that. Have you come to that area? I did not know about that area of meditation before. Uh, Like where you're really digging. Not transcendence, but you're, or. I mean, I guess there's, it kind of, it's hard to keep your brain from like, you know, kind of, it's almost like your brain is a light bulb, but your thoughts are a light bulb and you've just got this moth that mm-hmm. just keeps like mm-hmm. bouncing off of them. And, you know, sometimes those things are like really constructive. You know, if you meditate after you've had like a really, you know, rough argumentative day with somebody or something, you're going to probably have a hard time not thinking about those things. So I guess in some, some ways, for me, it's just a matter of just like observing those feelings and trying not to like judge them or like just kind of recognize that I'm feeling them. So I don't know if I have like an active, like open up the hood, yeah, work on it yeah. kind of thing with my meditation. For me, it's very much like a, you know, a time to really not do anything. And mm-hmm. like the moment I even notice that I'm doing that, I'm doing, I'm, I'm not doing it. Yeah, you know, like I'm doing something at that point. So. For me, it's just, you know, more transcendental based where I'm just kind of okay. like trying to focus on a mantra and like every time I drift from it to try to come back to that and not judge whether I'm doing it well. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. I actually like feel the kind of feelings, you know, for maybe two minutes out of 20. Other days I'm like, you know, I fall into it really quick and like 20 minutes blows by and I'm like, whoa, you know, yeah. not to say that like it was a pure deep meditation for 20 minutes, but like kind of get the sensation that I'm looking for. I feel like okay. I've at least achieved that much where like I know what it feels like when I fall into a deep meditation and it's a little bit easier to kind of like riding a bike kind of fall back, mm-hmm. you know, or find that state. Okay. Um, but my practice is kind of at least lately pretty erratic. Yeah. Apparent. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes it's just like I've got five minutes. Yeah. You know, and I'm just going to kind of you know, do this or like I woke up a little early today before I like do anything. Yeah. I'm just going to like sit in bed for a minute and like try not to just start. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, it's just a moment of like, you know, kind of I'm like, you know, yeah. I'm making the, I'm making a gesture as if I'm like <laughs> an arrow becoming the bow and not the arrow. And, you know, at the end of the meditation, I just let it go. Yeah. And hopefully I'm like a little bit more r- relaxed Sure. You know, I feel like for me, it's mostly like an anxiety driven Mm -hmm. practice. So you're you're talking a lot about the anger that you have too. where, I mean, are you, are you feeling like you're keeping a hold on that anger? I mean, we could touch on where that anger comes from, but the, the, now that you're not doing 200 something shows a year, getting that anger out on stage, are these things you're doing now that you're trying to get the same kind of sensation, get, get that release. Do you feel that it's effective as much as, I mean, have yeah, you, have I you mean, made also, it effective enough? There's also a part of Dillinger where it's like, you know, it's kind of the, the, the venom and the antidote, 
you know, doing that every night kind of also keeps that battery charged mm-hmm. in a certain way. And it might keep me a little angry. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't had enough distance to really, yeah. you know, critique that accurately. Um, you know, and being on tour, like sometimes it's frustrating. Yeah. You know, you kind of feel a little cramped in and, you know, so I can't tell like what's what. Okay. You know, I, I, I don't know yet. Yeah. You know, I know that I'm an angry person in general and like, does that come from what you were saying, like being shuffled around a bit, childhood, I mean, divorce? I'm sure like, it comes from my childhood and just like a nature nurture yeah. thing. Um, there wasn't like a specific thing you remember no, I, that really spikes, like, no, wow, I'm... No, I just kind of think I'm just like a, you know, hot-blooded person. Just a, a human <laughs> I, being. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but you're not a violent person, which is, like you were saying, you're not, you're not I'm going to go out and kick someone's ass. You just have this, and it—I mean—it's a fuel for you, I'm sure. Yeah, too. I mean, it's—it's you know, it's like, definitely like a driving thing, yeah. and it—it—it it, it kind of hurts me. As you know, it's a bug in a feature. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it gives me a certain sense of grit, but it probably makes certain relationships difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. You like I'm, grit. I mean, I That's like. That's why I'm gathering. Yeah, you I like mean, it like Philly. Yeah. You mean everything about it? I mean, it, like I, I guess music. I kind of I appreciate like struggle in art. Yeah. You know, and maybe it's because I can relate to it or something. So maybe that's kind of what I'm looking for. And like, you know, for me, Dillinger kind of it, as a, as somebody who wasn't a part of the very beginning, I, mm-hmm. I have the privilege of being a fan as well. Yeah. And having a certain like standard that as as I join the band, I'm like, I can't let this, you know amazing thing fall apart and I'll like do my duty to, yeah. you know, allow it to grow and be itself, but to kind of like maintain a certain, um, you know, attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and for me, some of that comes from like that, that relating to the frustration and the kind of like, you know, um, I don't even know what to call it without like, you, you know, <laughs> the kind of just like some of the snottiness of it, you yeah. know, the brattiness of Dillinger, I guess I kind of like, you know, related to that just like cathartic, yeah. you know, tantrum kind yeah, of like, tan- you know. I mean, that's, t- you know, again, yeah. you're experiencing that now sure, three and a half years word, in you know, with the child. Yeah, that's what it is. And, and maybe that's kind of like we all, you know, and maybe this is getting deep and I'm not sure if everybody else would unpack it the same way, but maybe yeah. we all, you know, we all have like a certain part of our childhood that still needs to be worked out. And that's kind of how I hundred percent agree with you on that, you know, came to it. Yeah. You know, so if you, maybe certain people, you know, people might, be, and I've certainly said this in talking about music, like, you know, how do you get your tone or like, you know, where, what, what pedal are you using? I'm like, you can use this pedal and this is what I yeah. use and you can set it exactly the way I set it. But yeah. like, if you didn't have my childhood, it's not going to sound like me. Just sure. No matter what you do, um, you know, you want to change your tone, like go get arrested, go like break somebody's heart or have your heart broken. That's going to do, you know, exponent exponentially more for you and your voice and your tone and your like yeah. music than any of this, you know, insect dentistry tweaking nonsense. Sure. Um, There's a lot to be said about that, Liam, because there, uh, I'm trying to remember if it was a Bob Moog documentary or something they were talking about projecting yourself through your instrument through your amplification they're talking about like hendrix and jimmy page and people like that where you may not know the song but you hear it and you know it's hendrix sure and i've kind of dismantled it a bit to where i mean hendrix played upside down he learned backwards he played kind of in a sloppy way that when someone like a guitar teacher or a you know someone doing lessons teaches you how to properly play Purple Haze, yeah. it doesn't sound like Purple Haze. You're not doing all the little hammer-ons and everything yeah. that he was doing and is like flubbing around when yeah. he's just feeling it. Mm-hmm. So I think it attributes somewhat to that too, just the your body getting in the zone, feeling it, but also that emotion triggers that yeah. playing style. What yeah, you're talking Miles about, Davis, like yeah, you know, the the attitude. Anybody, any monkey can play this note. Yes, it's the attitude. Yes, um, you know, and yeah, I mean, there's certain, there's a lot about Dillinger that is for as as much as people give us credit for being, you know, almost scholastic or like yeah. super disciplined with our sound. It's like, dude, we're like, you know, there's so much kind of, for lack of a better term, like slop in our sound mm-hmm. that like you know, is there for, for attitude's sake. Yeah. You know, if like you miss a note because you're like just into it, you know, I'd rather hear that. Yeah. Personally. 
Well, you um, think about what we were talking about records to be, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Clean, you know. Yeah, and they are like that's what it is. But then live is just this other thing. We were talking about tantrums, like sure. It's it's kind of weird to think about that, even as a child, like you're experiencing, you you're learning. I mean, human nature is in you. Tantrums are a part of human nature, anger, all that stuff. Yeah. It's not to say that you're going to lose that when you learn to control it as an adult. It's still right. there. Well, and now can... people pay money to see people throw Let a fucking out. tantrum. Yeah. And I think it may tie into, it's almost like the battered woman syndrome where you get comfortable with the Stockholm syndrome, where you get comfortable yeah. with your, uh, you get comfortable with being uncomfortable you, and then you want to go see well, it. And the it's other like thing the is spectacle. like you're getting this feedback loop from the audience. Like, yeah. Yes, we want more of that. Yeah. And but then so they're like, throwing a, a tantrum like, too. They're for, for my whole life, I've been told that I'm not supposed to act like this. Yeah, you know, and here you are, like egging me on to act like a big baby. Yeah, you know, with some skill <laughs> and like that's that's really like with a light show. Yeah, that's really. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's kind of fucked up. Um, yeah, uh, it's cool well, to the, think about shit like that. Well, like the other thing too is that, that like, you know, we've done this for you know almost two decades or whatever, and. It was it. It's weird to have people like want you to kind of throw down the way you did when you were like twenty and twenty-two, yeah. and like you know you kind of end up throwing down harder the older you get. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like um, you know, th- and then there's also the feeling of like when you're doing a song like a Sunshine the Werewolf, mm-hmm. you're kind of like um, I, I don't I, I, like exhuming a part of yourself that's like. 15, 16, 17 years old. Yeah. You know, and, and especially for a singer, like what the emotions you felt when you wrote those lyrics and delivering that every night, I'm sure can kind of put you back into that, um, you know, that older state or that yeah. like, you know, less evolved self. Sure. Sure. You take it back and dude. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so crazy to think about it in a, in a sense like that where, I mean, people are in the sense I mean, they want to see the songs, but also they're they're paying for an experience that I'm sure takes them back. I mean, and it's something where you'll always have that kind of stuff in you. So, I mean, now the Dillinger's done, you're home, you're still doing music. You had mentioned that you have something that that you're working on musically. I want to talk about that because I'm not sure. sure what that is that you're doing right now. What? Uh, well, I guess the next the next phase. The be- yeah, um, it's a band called Azusa. Okay. Uh, I don't know when this will air. Probably uh, a week or two. Okay. Um, it's coming out soon. First okay. songs are going to start dropping very soon. Um, okay. Yeah. And uh, you're doing bass? I'm playing bass. Okay. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how much to say depending on when this actually goes out, but I feel like it'll appeal to, um, I don't know. I think it'll appeal to Dillinger fans as, as okay. So it's holy. is it heavy? It's heavy. It's fast. It's thrashy. It's okay. um, it's melodic. It's catchy and kind of I don't know. I guess it's kind of what I'm typecast for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, but I feel like it's got the most uh, synergy with you know what I guess fans have come to expect. Like I did this John Frum project, which was way more of a you know kind of death metal thing, and I mm-hmm. think that. You know, it was probably a harder listen for certain fans of what I'm known for. Sure. I feel like this will translate better. And uh, I don't know. I'm really excited about it. Um, it's members of X-Toll. And oh, really? A, okay. Uh, a woman named Alani. Alani. I always mess this up. Um, <laughs> nice. Who, Real nice. Uh, on, uh, who just threw down these, like, incredible vocals. And I'm just really excited about it. I think it's like really kind of fresh. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I have a hard time shilling myself and sure. stuff that I work on, but yeah, sure. I'm really excited about it. Okay. It's been a long time. And that's going to be out like Spotify, all those yeah, places it'll where be all music's those places available. I hope to, you know, I hope to have it hit the road as hard as, you know, it should. Okay. <laughs> um, Are you going to tour on this? I want to. Okay. Uh, I feel like once we get it out there, yeah, you know, I've kind of fed it to some peers who are excited and, you know, at least verbally were like, yeah, let's tour. Okay. So we'll see. Dude, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah. You're continuing on. I'll, I mean, I'll show it to you off air if we've got a, okay. a moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I just really appreciate you coming down and, and doing the show, man. Like I really, I mean, I wish we had more time. Sure. Uh, we I'm didn't know about the checkout time, but uh, yeah, I wish we, yeah, more Philadelphia. Like it's been, we've been in this radius into fish town, like pretty much it. But um, dude, I mean, and I say this a lot, but like your contribution to music and my development musically and enjoyment, I mean, I owe you a lot yeah. and it's a pleasure well, to meet you and yeah. have you on the show. Thanks and, for, uh, thanks and, for inviting uh, me over and yeah. for doing stuff like this. Cause I feel like this is an important part of, you know, the art making process. And, you know, I appreciate more of these long form a little, you know, I, I, I like email interviews too, but I, I like getting into a conversation and just kind of being a little bit more vulnerable yeah. and, you know, just kind of seeing where things things move i so, appreciate it man and like I, this is a journal for me too like yeah. what or where i'm at what i'm doing who i'm talking to like and i appreciate these conversations because it's something i keep with me you know like these these connections and and uh yeah it's really easy to be and, like an individual yeah you know in these, it grows yeah. it grows every time it grows like uh, the more of these that i do it's like I'm, I'm storing up these stories and experiences and taking from you you sure, know and hopefully yeah. giving you something back and also giving you a platform to to uh, discuss what you're doing and get the word out about that. But then also when the emails come in and say, wow, I didn't know that about Liam or whatever, or right. this changed me or this sure. helped me get this. I mean, you I know? hope so. Yeah. It's, so. it's really easy to like isolate yourself the older you get and, yeah. you know, interacting with people like this on a, you know, in real time. Yeah. Uh, kind in of the moment. Is, yeah. It's, it's exciting. Cool. It's cool. Well, thank you so much, Liam. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Liam Wilson from Dillinger's Escape Plan and now Azusa. Go check them out. Hit up the Googles. They got a new single coming out today, and that's why we're releasing today to coincide with that. Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, all you Dillinger fans are going to like it. Do not worry. It is great stuff uh, and really appreciate him coming on. Big thanks again to Scott from Zayo for hooking us up together to do this interview. Um, and one thing more I wanted to talk to you guys about, I know uh, I ramble on about this every once in a while. But I've been touched again by recently closely by addiction. And uh, I just really want to tell you guys, if you are struggling with addiction, depression, any of that stuff, and you feel alone, peerpleasurepod at gmail.com, hit me up, we can chat. Uh, you know, I really want to make sure you guys know this is a family atmosphere. We look out for each other. And if you're listening, and you're struggling right now, reach out reach out. If not to me, reach out to someone else. There's always someone there. And I can say that because I'm here for you guys, you know, and I appreciate you guys coming week after week, uh, and, and supporting what I'm doing. You know, a lot of you don't know me personally, but you're coming here and enjoying what I'm doing. And that means a ton to me. And that helps me through my depression and my struggles. But if you're out there right now, listening to this, just know that I'm here for you guys and I'm here for you. And you know, reach out if you need to, uh, peerpleasurepod at gmail.com. Uh, really, I, I appreciate all the emails, but I really appreciate when people reach out and they need help and I'm able to at least help them a little bit or, you know, just lend a supportive ear and, and, uh, you know, life's hard, but it gets better guys. And, and just, you know, you can reach out. So, um, you know, as usual, you know, where to find the website, peerpleasurepodcast at gmail.com. Keep coming back week after week, guys. I really appreciate it. We got big stuff in the works. We got great episodes coming up. Uh, and, you know, I hope this uh, podcast can be an escape for you every week from your job or your commute or mowing the lawn or, you know, just something to do and, and get your mind off things. Uh, I'm glad we can be that for you. And uh, if it's helped you out, definitely tell a friend and share with everybody. Go check out Good Future Club. Uh, get some new clothes on there. Peer Pleasure is the coupon code. Check out Sticker Ninja. Peer Pleasure 10 is the coupon code there. StickerNinjaPDX.com. Check out all of our sponsors. They're on the website. And once again, guys, thank you so much for listening week after week. And as always, we'll see you on the radio.
Well, hey, friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.